Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Can you share with us your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? My name is Emily Cohen, and I am in Austin, Texas, and my practice is called Tandem Speech Therapy. I love the name of your private practice. Thank you. Can you tell the listeners where you came up with that name? Yeah, so um, I am in pediatrics, and one of the big things that I focus on in my practice is using my background from the Hannon Center, so I'm trained in their It Takes Two to Talk program. And I use that a ton with my clients. Um, I think since I was trained by them, it's really informed who I've become as an SLP. And so when I was starting the practice, I was thinking about the things that I really wanted to bring to the table and things that would make me unique from other therapists. Um, And so the idea of working together came up and talking with my husband about and, you know, coming up with names. And we were thinking of other words that represented together and came up with the idea for tandem. So working in tandem. I love that. That's fantastic. That's a cool name. I haven't heard anyone else use anything, use that name or use anything like it. I think that's really unique and different. And I like how, you know, people are always trying to to think of, well, what should I name my private practice? And, and rather than go with um, like a, a, product, I guess, of what you're trying to get people to produce, you more chose a quality Mm -hmm. that you wanted your private practice to represent. And especially one that made you, would make you stand out maybe amongst competition or whatever. So I think that's a really smart thing to do. Awesome. So I just wanted to lead with that because I just liked the name of your practice. So now maybe we can go back a little bit. Um, Can you tell everyone about like um, right after you, you graduated from grad school, your CF, what, where did you get your start in terms of your clinical practice? Yeah, so um, my, well, so 
to back up, like, so my CF is where I was exposed to the Hannon Center. And so I think um, that kind of set the foundation for what I wanted to do. And I explicitly chose the place where I did my CF because um, they worked with young children, um, both who are delayed with language acquisition, but we also had lots of clients um, with apraxia. So it kind of did a lot of Kaufman related stuff and the Hannon stuff. Um, and then um, I was still living in Michigan at the time. And um, while working, I finished my CF and while working at that um, outpatient hospital practice, um, I moved to Austin. And in, um, so I've been in Austin for about almost nine years, I think now. And in Austin, um, Austin has lots of private practices, but they're all clinical-based private practices, mm -hmm. and a majority of them are owned by occupational therapists. So I worked at a few different private practices that were owned by OTs, and so they were practices that had OT and PT and speech. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times I was the only SLP, um, but I learned a lot of amazing things from my OT um, colleagues um, that have become really helpful um, when working with really little kids. Um, and I was just looking for more flexibility in wanting to have um, an opportunity to really hone in on the kind of clients that I was really passionate about working with. And that's sort of what set me on the path to start my own practice. I love it. Okay. So you, you do your CF at a private practice? No, an outpatient clinic. Yeah. Outpatient, outpatient clinic that was um, part of a hospital system in Michigan. Okay, fantastic. So you soaked up some skills there, got introduced to Hannon, which then has become important to you, got some experience in OT private practices, mm -hmm. and then said, you know what, I want to do this myself. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So where, what happened next? What happened after you decided that you wanted to do your own thing apart from the OT practices? Um, so I was... Uh, fortunately in a position where I could stop working mm -hmm. and focus um, just on my private practice. And so I resigned from a, a job and sort of like dove in head first. And it was just like, I'm going to do all the things that I need to do to start a practice. Um, you know, so and one of the things I did in coming up with a name is um, checked sort of all the places on the internet to make sure that I could have that name on Facebook and Instagram and you know, whatever else. Those are the big things that I focus on social media wise. So I um, started working on building a website um, and I started my practice. So it's, we're recording and it's June. So I started just a little over a year ago. Um, and so I started. Happy anniversary. Thank you. I started and did like a summer offer for summer speech to just kind of like dip my toes in while I was building all the other components of the practice, like, you know, getting a really solid website and other things that needed to be in place. Got it. That's fantastic. Okay, great. So um, where, like, where are you now? So a year later, what has the last year looked like for you in terms of growth or in terms of what kind of things are you offering? What, I guess, what have you learned in your first year? Oh gosh. So I learned a lot of like business related skills that of course I never thought I would like need to have in a million years because you and most of the listeners know that like we went to grad school and we don't take classes like business administration or anything like that. So 
Um, I figured out how to build a website and learned a ton about SEO and have sort of figured out the marketing advertising thing, though that's my next big focus. Um, I started blogging um, as part of the practice and learning about SEO took me down that path. Um, so right now I'm at a place where I have the caseload that I was looking to have in terms of number of client visits I have per week. Um, and now I get to focus on other parts of the business. Fantastic. Good. Do you mind telling the listeners how many clients a week was your goal? And 20. Where? 20. Okay. Fantastic. So in a year, you went from no clients, mm -hmm. um, I quit my job and I'm going to focus on this to 20 clients. That's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And you figured out how to blog and do SEO and business administration stuff in the meantime. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's been like a really cool learning experience. And I feel like I've learned a lot and like developed a lot of my like personal self in different ways as a result of it. Nice. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what you mean by that? Um, I think that I have found my voice in a different way. Um, and I think that I advocate for myself better in all aspects mm -hmm. um, of my life. And I think that I am like not afraid to speak up and share my opinion and put myself out there in a way that I wasn't able to do before. Nice. So confidence. Yeah. Right. It sounds like you, and I think that you get that when you take on a challenge and you succeed and you meet your goal and then you can kind of keep going from there. That's awesome. So when it comes to um, finding these clients, where, where have you found the majority of the clients that you're working with now? Is that primarily from your website or word of mouth or where? Yeah, so I think right now I'm at a, a phase where a good number of clients find me on the web, whether it's Google search or Yelp. Um, and that's like I said, you know, I think I've spent a lot of time on SEO and I've also um, pretty consistently gotten a habit of asking families when I discharge or stop seeing um, their child to leave a review for me. Um, so that's kind of that impacts SEO, but it kind of builds up some credibility when people search for my name. That has been helpful. Um, and then the other now I'm at a point where like. A few weeks ago, all of the calls I got were word of mouth referrals. That's fantastic. I love it. That, that's awesome. So um, getting some steady referrals from both internet and word of mouth. You mentioned earlier that marketing was one of the next things that you were hoping to focus on. Yeah. What kind of things do you see yourself doing or wanting to do in the next couple of months related specifically to marketing? So I would like to try to develop some relationships with pediatricians. Um, I tried early on, like last summer when I was first getting started and got discouraged pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that I have like both the time and the energy for it now, but I think that I know how to sell myself better now. And so I think that that will be more beneficial. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you have more confidence now. Yes. Right? Definitely. Okay, awesome. So 
What does a typical day look like? I know that that's a kind of a loaded question, but in general, what do your days look like right now? Yeah, so I usually see a few clients in the morning and then that like sort of middle section of the day because I work with little kids at like, you know, like 11 to two o'clock is kind of like nap, lunch time. And so I, I use that um, part of the day for like, other business related stuff, whether that's writing my blog, that's going to go out, um, for the week or networking with other providers. Um, I also like try and use some of that time for self care, um, which is, which I have found to be incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, general like maintenance of like documentation, billing, getting ready for the kids I'm going to see in the afternoon. That's a great use of quote unquote downtime. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. Okay, great. So where do you want to, if you, you've reached your maximum or not maximum, but like ideal number of clients, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself transitioning in the next year or so? Are you going to focus on like kind of just maintaining the status quo? Are you thinking about introducing new things? What does the future hold for your practice? So I'm looking um, right now at like some other things related to the blog piece mm -hmm. of the practice. Um, so I'm like starting to develop an ebook or downloadable thing that um, could be for my current clients or for parents in general seeking out support for, um, you know, the Hannon thing has led me to um, really focusing on play and its impact on enroll in language development. So a resource um, like that. Um, and um, I have thought about maybe trying to teach a full Hannon class again um, or adapting that in some way that I could do sort of like small groups with a few young kids with similar sort of language goals and needs. I, I think all of those options sound great. It's nice to sell, you know, eBooks or downloadables and whatnot, because then you're being able to add a passive income stream. And I'm big on advising people to do that. I think that would be fantastic for you to do as a parent of young kids. I am always looking for enriching things to do with them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that would be a great idea. Um, parents love to buy stuff that will help their kids. <laughs> um, and then as far as the groups, I think that's another great both, you know, marketing tool and a way to increase income in a, you know, the same amount of time. Right. Right. So that's a, a nice like kind of leverage point is to be able to serve more people in the same amount of time. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, what other tips or things have you found to be working for you that you think might be interesting to our audience? Yeah. So one thing that I think, um, it, this was hard early on, um, because there either isn't money or very little money coming in, but I think that, um, I, I learned 
like where my limit was or where I wanted to set my limit in terms of all of those non-clinical skills. Yeah. So like, for example, I, my husband works in tech and so he was able to show me the basics and mechanics of creating my website, which I built on WordPress, but I knew that I could only get it so far. And at some point it, was worth it to me to delegate and spend money to hire somebody to do the rest of the work to make it look uber professional. And like, I would say like 70 to 80% of the families that call me, like that's one of the first things that they say, like, oh, we saw your website and it looks so professional and you, um, you know, you really told your story well and that's why we're calling you. Um, it- it does have that effect. I mean, if you have a really nice swanky website, it does, you know, kind of show people that you've made an investment and that you're, you know, a little bit more professional. That's not to say that you can't have, you know, a regular website that you did yourself and you'll still get plenty of referrals. But I do hear that from a lot of people that when, who have spent money on their websites, that they often get comments that say, you know, it, you had a nice website, and whatnot. And then all of those calls that come in quickly paid myself back for the investment in the website. So right. That's another important point to make. And it's all tax deductible. Yes. Yeah. That's good too. And then I think that there have been like, um, one of the things that I did early on for like, quote unquote, marketing that was surprisingly um, got a like a lot of people to contact me. Um, and it was super simple and inexpensive. So like the flip side of spending money on um, a website was I made um, flyers that have like the little like pull tabs at the bottom and went around to like juice smoothie stores and like ice cream stores, you know, like places in my area that I knew that places, businesses I went to regularly, but also businesses I went to and I saw families with young children. Um, and the few times that I've done that, I've gotten tons of calls nice. from them. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. You have to go where your people are, yeah. right? So that's so smart. Yeah. Places where moms hang out. Um, also like toy stores, sometimes in pediatricians offices, they do, they let you post flyers and stuff like that. As a mom, like I go to Starbucks a lot because I'm super tired. So you know, coffee shops and whatnot are, are good spots. Just wherever your clients are, put your flyers and the pull off tabs are really nice because then they have something to take with them, yeah. right? If they just remember their number or they make a note in their phone or even take a picture, it's just not quite the same thing as having something physical to like right. hold on to that makes you feel like, Oh, this is something I need to come back to. And that's a really low cost way of marketing your services. So good for you. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. Now, um, one of the things in, in preparation for these interviews, one of the, all of the guests who appear on my podcast, um, fill out a little information sheet where they say some things about themselves and things that are working. And one of the things that you mentioned that I wanted to tell the audience about are that you use chat bots on your Facebook page. Can you tell people what is a chatbot and how did you use that? Yeah. So I actually use that on my website. On your website. Okay, great. Yeah. And um, so that is like, I 
feel like it's more common on sites you go to where you're actually going to like purchase a tangible good, like maybe, you know, like some store online store. Um, but often in the bottom right hand corner, you'll see a little thing that looks like a chat bubble or whatever. Um, and you can click on it or sometimes it just opens automatically when you go to the website. And I, um, in networking here in Austin, um, met somebody, you know, one time we were just talking about different strategies and things like that. And she had mentioned that she used one. Um, and it had been, you know, a good way that people would contact her. And it's been, um, I've had a lot of, uh, last week, um, I had like three or four families contact me that way. So it's someone's on your website and they can immediately reach out to you. And then the one I use has an app on my phone. And so just like a text message, I get a notification that someone um, has sent me a message. Um, and it's got some nice functionality, like I can set hours on it. So um, when it's not what I have decided on my business hours, it doesn't automatically open, though the bubble is still there. Um, and there's a way that if somebody messages me, it will auto respond to them and say, you know, Emily is not here right now. And they can put in their email address and then I'll contact them later. That's fantastic. Are you using ManyChat for that or something else? I use an app called Drift. Oh, Drift. Yes, I know about Drift too. So um, I don't know how much Drift costs. I've used ManyChat a lot for this, which is um, free and or $10 for like the upgrade fee. Do you know, do you know or idea how much Drift is? Um, I use the free version of Drift and I don't know what the paid version costs, but yeah. But look, you guys, she's doing just fine with the free version. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? So yeah. I think that the, the reason why, especially in a tech community like Austin, right, or the people who live in Austin maybe are going to be more familiar with these kind of things. And I think we're all going to be more familiar with chatbots in the future. But for now, they're a relatively new technology. But essentially what, what it does is it allows people to send you what feels like a text message but it's not exactly. So you can send a really, you know, quick message to somebody, get a quick response, and it feels a little bit less formal than sending an email or a call. And it's just a good way for people to get quick information from you, make sure you're like a real person. And there's a little bit of fun factor in there too. Yeah. And usually like within a few exchanges, like one of the first things they say is, can I please have your phone number so I can call you? Or yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share in terms of lessons you've learned or tips or other tools, suggestions, et cetera, that might help somebody listening? Um, so I think I mentioned this briefly before, but um, I think it's really easy for us as people who um, give of ourselves to help other people heal or um, impact their lives to um, put ourselves sort of at the bottom of the list. Um, and so, yeah, I have found um, as I get busier um, that making sure that I set aside time ideally every day for self-care. And that can be something as simple as like taking 10 minutes um, after I eat lunch to walk my dog around the block. And just, um, I choose to do it um, not listening to music or whatever. So it's just quiet and I can just be in the space and relax. Um, I found that um, is 
allows me to be a better clinician because um, I can be in a better space when I arrive at my clients' houses for therapy. And so I think that's been um, really important uh, to my success. I love that. On that note, (laughs) thank you. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this interview. Thank you for sharing your story with our listeners, with some of the tips that you shared in terms of getting clients, chatbots, certainly um, self-care being something that we all need to remember to focus on, right? We can't be the healers that we want to be unless we're taking care of ourselves. So I think that's a really important thing um, for us to be thinking about and to make time for which is wonderful that you've been able to make time for that while running a private practice where you're at the max of clients that you want. So, and within a year too. So I could not be more proud of your success and where you've come from and I'm happy that we were able to share your story with our audience. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Now that you've listened to the podcast, I hope that you're all fired up to help more people while making more money. If you need help starting or growing your private practice, I can help. I have created tons of high quality resources for beginning through established private practitioners alike to help you save time, money, and confusion. Just visit www.privatepracticeinfo.com and get instant access to everything from startup guides to marketing plans, to ongoing support and mentorship, and more. Listen, private practice can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. My job is to simplify the process for you so that you can do what you do best, help people. But first, you have to help yourself. Just go to www.privatepracticeinfo.com and get the resources you need to succeed today. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT private practice beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.